if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning. Welcome to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Rob Walgate joining you on this Tuesday morning. We're going to have a little fun today. What do you say, Derek? I hope so. I didn't wake up to come here for nothing. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. There's so much to talk about. I have about 87 uh, items opened on my computer, some articles to dive into, some quotes to look at, some crazy things happened. In the past 24 hours, some things have happened in the past 24 hours that will make us scratch our head. When I said uh, the day of the week that it is, then I had to pause and think, is this Tuesday? Like it, They're all starting to run together at this point. I know many people are counting down and to November 3rd, Election Day. I still think it's April, so, <laughs> you know. We are on day 223 of our 15 days to flatten the curve. Day 223 of, I, I believe it's 223 today. I mean, at this point, we've we've lost count. I, once we get past the middle of March, I guess we'll say we're one year and three days into our 15 days to flatten the curve. But a lot of people are looking forward to November 3rd, maybe this being over. I'm one that doesn't think it's going to be over on November 3rd. I don't think all the results will be in. We'll dive into that today. We'll talk about that, how that looks in some states. You see, each state across the country has the ability to create their own state election laws. We have them here in Ohio, when you must be registered to vote by, when you can start early voting, how does the process work, mail-in voting, absentee voting. Those laws are created in each individual state. Well, in our neighboring state, the state of Pennsylvania, they have laws on the books regarding voting. But the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decided to change, to rewrite some of those laws, if you will. And people in the state legislature, some lawmakers, were not happy about that. They've extended, they want to extend the opportunity for ballots to come in after Election Day, as long as they were postmarked by Election Day. Now, that is permissible in some states, but the problem is is there's laws on the books that regulate this sort of thing, that set the precedent. And just because you're in a pandemic, you can't go in and change every law you want to or go to the Supreme Court and say, would you please alter this for me? Now, mind you, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has a history of changing the wishes of lawmakers and or the wishes of the people. They actually redrew a congressional map 
a number of years ago that forced Pennsylvania to change the way that district boundaries were drawn. So they've the Supreme Court has interjected in the state of Pennsylvania a number of times on a variety of issues. And in this issue, they said that they had to extend when absentee votes, mail-in votes, were permitted to come in and be counted. My question is, is, is then does that mean the Supreme Court can put, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court could say, you know what, you have to take them till December 10th. You have to take them till December 15th. We don't even care what in Safe Harbor Day is on December 8th. We don't care when the Electoral College is supposed to meet. You get, you have to take them whenever. Is that the authority that's been given to the courts? Because we've lost sight once again of the Constitution of the United States, Article 1, Article 2, Article 3, Article 1 being Congress, Article 2 being the executive branch, Article 3 being the courts. The courts seem to tell us what the laws are, and they can make up new laws. So this was appealed. This decision of happened a few weeks ago in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and it was appealed all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States, the highest court in the land. And it, in essence, became a 4-4 tie. Four justices were willing to offer a stay, were willing to hear the argument. Four were not. Now, some people think right now there's a 5-3 conservative slant on the Supreme Court of the United States. I would say that John Roberts disagrees with you that there's a 5-3 slant <laughs> towards conservatives on the Supreme Court of the United States because he sided with what would be considered the liberal wing of the court on this, which means it was 4-4. That means it goes back to the lower court's ruling, which is the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which in essence rewrote election law in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, this, this also highlights, I would say, the need to have uh, another justice on the Supreme Court, and you don't have to worry about ties. Flashback to the beginning and the founding, and there were six Supreme Court justices on the original Supreme Court. That, that, that boggles my mind still, even though I know that's fact. That boggles my mind because the first thing you think about is uh, – what happens like this in the case of a tie? Well, they never dreamed back then that there would be a need for any type of tiebreaker because they thought that how could you be so divided on issues? Maybe one person, two at most, would be off their rocker and disagree. But to have three, just that wasn't realistic. That wouldn't happen. But it's happened here. It's happened in the state of Pennsylvania. So you have the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rewriting law. They're in charge. And again, Folks, this is a mistake that we've made in this country, waiting for people in black robes to tell us what the law is. The state legislatures across the country, as well as the 435 members of Congress, need to do a better job in making laws and holding the courts accountable. This is not acceptable. This is not how it should be. This was not the intent. What is the need for lawmakers if we're going to have courts that continually rewrite those laws or invent laws out of thin air where does the accountability come in this wasn't set up our system was not set up to have three equal branches of government i know that's what we've been told i know that's what you hear repeated that that wasn't that wasn't the original setup there is a branch that can be more powerful it, it, that would 
than the others, and that's the Congress. That's where we, the people, reside. We have a say who represents us. This notion that we live in a democracy, so 50% plus one on however we feel about a candidate or issue should win, that, that, that again, that's not the setup. You get into mob rule when that happens. It's kind of like being on social media. Mob rule, the bullying comes out. All the tactics come in play to silence those that are disagreeing. We're going to get into social media a little bit later. We're going to get into the influence, the impact that they are having, not they are trying to have in this election, that they are having in this election and what their plan is as they move forward for years and years to come. It it, it, it never ceases to amaze me that we could go to sleep one night, we can wake up, and we can think, oh, what will the court do to us today? What, what can happen? What will be said? It's stripping the ability for lawmakers to have a say. And now this is going to highlight, this is going to highlight the vote that will take place later this week regarding Judge Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett will, uh, on Thursday of this week, be voted upon to be a justice on the Supreme Court. Now, I'm sure that will be the discussion <laughs> That evening, when it comes to the debate between President Trump and Vice President Biden, they will talk about that. Maybe then Joe Biden will give his answer on court packing. He has said, we'll see what they do. But the interesting thing to me is he said, we will see what they do. However, he said, in other instances, they shouldn't do it because Tens of millions of people are already voting. Well, Joe, they're voting every day. So why wouldn't you give us your answer on court packing when people started voting? Because that was your original concern. That's why they shouldn't vote on the Supreme Court justice, because people are voting all over. I want to hear from you on these topics. 216-901-0945 is the number. We're joined right now by Ed in Lakewood. Good morning, Ed. Hi, I thought about the idea of six judges, and here's what I came up with. Um, maybe what you said is right. Maybe they didn't think they were going to be so divided, and I don't know what the history is. But how about this? How about the chief judge being kind of like the vice president, so that he simply, I mean, in a way, in a way, the chief judge would simply preside in a non, you know, opinionated way, he just directs it. He just presides. If there's a tie, then he would cast the deciding vote. Well, you would need an odd number of justices to do that, number well, one. What I'm saying is, no, you just got six, okay? If there's a tie, I mean, he doesn't vote, okay? He well, would not. The, I mean, I, I'm sorry, hang, I didn't say on. that. If, if there's six and he's, on the, and he's on the court. But he doesn't vote. But there can't be a tie because then you would have five. No, unless, <laughs> wait, if there's six... Oh wait a minute! Yeah, you can't go. You oh can't wait go, a minute! I you, didn't think that one through, did I? You can't go two and a half, two and a half. Although some now some would argue, and thank you for the call, Ed. Some would argue that that's what John Roberts is doing. That he is taking a poll. He is you know surveying the wind, seeing what direction it's blowing, and that's who he is going to side with because he's kind of been a wild card. When you look at Obamacare, when you look at some of the decisions that he has made in the past. 
he he kind of is doing that. Like he's trying to right the ship, if you will. Now, if Judge Barrett becomes Justice Barrett on the Supreme Court of the United States, then I think it will be a different story because many then feel you would have five conservative justices making decisions. And listen, this isn't about, again, this is important. This isn't about having five conservative justices to rewrite law. That's not the intent. The intent is to follow the laws that are written and make sure those laws are constitutional. If they're not constitutional, then we have other questions and things that need to be addressed and discussed. But to think you're winning or losing based upon the number of justices on the Supreme Court, it should have never gotten to this point because lawmakers should be the ones making law. And when we come after the break, I I, want to hear from you about that. I want to hear from you about some laws, some Supreme Court decisions things that have happened. 216-901-0945 is the number. We have a fun two hours. Derek, we're going to have a good time today. I'm going to make it happen. Don't worry. You are going to make it happen. You're listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Well, I took me to the hospital France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Rob Walgate sitting in for Bob. Bob a bit under the weather. The plan is for him to be back with you later this week. It, it, it's a little difficult to talk and communicate with uh, a little bit of laryngitis without a voice going on. So, uh, so. Bob will be back with all of you, and I'm very appreciative that he's asked me to sit in a chair and fill in. It's always an honor to talk to his audience, and um, and I'm not stepping away. I guess maybe for a couple hours, the work that we do at the American Policy Roundtable, our team at thepublicsquare.com, our team at iVoters.com, I know they're, they're holding down the fort. One of the things we were talking about was the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania. Here's why it's important to the listeners in Ohio you have the opportunity to have a say on who's on the Supreme Court of the state of Ohio. Visit iVoters.com, enter your address, your zip code, up pops the candidates running in your area, state house to the White House, and on those statewide elections are two races for the Supreme Court of the state of Ohio. They're nonpartisan races. At iVoters.com, we don't tell you who to vote for or how to vote. We just want to be a resource. We want to provide you with information to make an educated decision. Our republic, our country operates at its best the more people that are involved and that are educated regarding the process and regarding the decisions they are making. So we're going to go to the phone lines. Joining us is Shalom from Cleveland Heights. Good morning. Hey, good morning, sir. I hope you're doing well and uh, wish Bob all the best in his quick recovery. Um, Two points. First of all, uh, myself. I'm Jewish, and so I'm pleased to report to you that all my Jewish friends, I'm a partisan hack Republican voter, uh, unabashed. And we all voted for Trump. Uh, my friends and family, all of us in the religious community, were looking forward to making him the uh, next president, give him another term. So that's just one sidebar. But I wanted to share a story with you. My parents live in New Jersey. They live by themselves. They're both in their 70s. Uh, my mother gets her ballot in the mail because um, the governor of New Jersey passed an executive order, Murphy, Governor Murphy, 
only voting by mail. Okay, so she gets her ballot in the mail. My father doesn't get his ballot. So my mom calls up the board of elections says, "You know, my husband didn't get his ballot." So the lady says, "Oh, no problem. I'll send you another one without any verifications, no questions asked." Two days later, my mother gets two ballots in my father's name. Okay. Two ballots show up in the mail. So that is three ballots in the house of two people. Wait, story doesn't end there. A day later, another ballot shows up in the house with the name of a deceased gentleman who lived in that house about 20 years before. Okay. Here it is. Four ballots in a house of two people. Okay. Raise your hand, everybody, if you think that the election in New Jersey is going to be precise, fair, and honest. <laughs> I, I always thought it was Chicago that was vote early and vote often. You're telling me New Jersey's <laughs> vote early and vote often, or vote late and vote often if, if they can't get the ballots to you. I want to go back to your first point, if I may. You talked about yeah. you and the religious community um, supporting President Trump. It, it, and again, I'm coming at this from a nonpartisan perspective. I'm coming at sure. this as someone who uh, used to be registered as a Republican. I, I pulled that affiliation for a variety of reasons, and I'm registered as an independent. G- can you give me the reason why? What, what's the reason that pushed you and the folks that you uh, hang with? What, what's the reason for that? Okay, so I think that um, <clears throat> rather than becoming obsessed with, with Trump as a nominee, um, Historically, religious Jews are Republican. Um, and you could, why it's that way, I think, is, is open for discussion. But I think it's primarily because of the social issues, uh, issues relating to marriage and, uh, you know, the sanctity of human life, in which generally conservatives and Republicans are advocates for. Um, I would say those are the primary drivers. Um, but other than that, um, if you study history, you'll see that on matters that are important to the Jewish community, Friendship to Israel is always a very important one. Um, it seems that Republicans have taken up that cause much more than Democrats. And um, we find that, let's uh, say, on matters of school vouchers, it's yeah. very important oh. in the religious Jewish community. Um, Republicans are big-time advocates of that program, and uh, that's, that's definitely something that, that we applaud. And, um, so overall, uh, I've been a Republican my entire life. The first election I recall was the Carter Reagan election of 1979-1980, and my parents back then were voting for Reagan, and there were religious Jews. So I've been a Republican my entire life, and pretty much all my acquaintances and associates and so on. Well, so. well, I think as folks have watched what's happened in New York City with the way Mayor de Blasio has treated the Jewish community there, I also think you're going to see communities around the country respond to that and we appreciate the phone call and um you sharing those those stories because you know you talk about ballots i want i want to go over you mentioned new jersey that was automatically mailed a ballot vermont new jersey washington dc oregon nevada colorado california utah and hawaii as well as counties having the ability to opt in in montana all of those states had ballots automatically sent to voters automatically you did not have to request it they were automatically sent and we just heard a story where four ballots showed up in a family of two people now it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon we talked to dr ben carson last week a literal brain surgeon that still 
boggles my mind that we there's folks that operate on people's brains. How cool is that? It doesn't take a rocket scientist or brain surgeon to figure out that is a dangerous precedent to set when it comes to looking for an accurate vote count. You're listening to AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Welcome back to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Rob Walgate with you on this Tuesday morning. And um, as we went to break, I said something. I don't think what I said to Derek on the other side of the window was inappropriate, but it got me thinking of the hot mic moments, right? I mean, is that one of the first things you're taught, right? The mics are all... Treat the mics as always hot, Derek. Is that one thing that they always say? Oh yeah, if that if that light's on, <laughs> you better watch what you're saying because it's going to go everywhere. We'll so, hear it. You'll be fine. It ain't so, coming out of my pocket. So when the red light's on, you're hot. You're live. When the red light's off, still act like you're hot. You're live. Don't say anything. And um, there was a moment. We'll get we'll get some audio for you later in the show. We'll play a little piece of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and their mics. I'm not sure they realized they were hot last night and they had a little something to say. And I'm wondering if uh, they they regret saying that. So uh, our caller earlier was referencing voting in New Jersey for ballots arriving at one house where two people resided. They made a request for an additional ballot because one had not arrived. So, therefore, they were sent that additional one, no questions asked, and they had one sent from someone who used to reside in the house. It's because voter rolls aren't the most accurate thing in the world. When people move, they don't immediately think, you know what, I moved. I need to call the Board of Elections and tell them I don't reside there anymore. That, That doesn't happen. So that's why it's in, and we listed the number of states where that's going on. And the other concern when it comes to that is ballot harvesting. What is ballot harvesting? Ballot harvesting is the gathering of ballots by a person or an organization and turning those ballots in. Now, there are laws. Again, this goes back to the states. Each state sets up its own election law. Each state sets up the guidance that is allowed, the requirements from when early voting can start, when absentee voting can happen, when you have to be registered to vote by, when they will accept the ballot after the fact of Election Day, as long as it's postmarked by Election Day. Everything is decided by state law, state legislatures. With the exception I gave, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court can rip up state law, throw it in the trash, and do whatever they darn well please, as they did earlier this month, um, 26 states, a voter can designate someone to return their ballot. But the 12, 12 of those states place limits on the number of ballots that any one person can collect and turn in. In the state of Ohio, I believe you have to, you can, um, a family member of the absentee voter, the person that's voting may, may deliver the ballot because in Ohio, you have the ability to vote by mail. You can make that request. You'll be sent a ballot 
You have the ability to show up at your county board of elections. That's available right now. It started a few weeks ago. You have the ability to show up and vote in person. I I know we're seeing a number of uh, images that show lines for early voting happening all around the country. I think that's great that people are taking part in the process. I think it's a bit sensationalized. I think they're they're playing on emotion and feeling, showing these lines and talking about how difficult it is to vote. It's Folks, it's not difficult to vote. I'm sorry. No one can convince me otherwise that in this country that it's difficult to vote. You can vote by mail. You can show up at your county board of elections. You can vote on election day. Why as Americans do we have to make every process so complicated even when it's easy for us. We, we, I always say there's people out there, you could show up with $10,000 cash and hand it to someone, and there's people that would complain you didn't take it to the bank for them. Why, why do we always have to be the group that looks at the negative? We Look at all this time we have to vote. I mean, in California, talk about ballot harvesting. In California, people are permitted to harvest ballots, to collect as many as they want, uh, the only stipulation, I believe, is that they are not permitted to be compensated per ballot. So they can be compensated. They just can't be compensated per the number of ballots they collect. Now, some people would say, I, I don't understand, Rob. Why would they do that? Well, here's why they would do that. You would go to settings. Maybe you would go to nursing homes. Maybe you would go to apartment complexes in states where this is legal. And you may say, guess what? It just so happens that 35 large pizzas and some pop and other beverages are going to be delivered on Thursday evening. So show up in the community room of our complex and bring your ballot, and we're going to eat and have some conversations. Then when that happens, people can fill out their ballot, and you have a person that can collect them. Now, again, that's cannot happen in every state. There are laws in each state that regulate that. Some states, that can happen. Other states put limits. They may say, um, you can collect 10 or you can collect 12. Some states say it must be a family member. But in other states, all bets are off and you can do as you see fit when it comes to collecting ballots. Uh, that, that, that is a concern. That is a major concern when you're handing the ability over for other folks, uh, folks that people may not even know, because I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but there are some people with some ill intentions in this country, especially when it comes to the election process. We're going to go back to the phone lines. We're going to go to Diane and West Park. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Rob. Um, good to hear you uh, in for Bob, but we miss him. Oh, we do. We do. He'll be back with you soon. Great. But, um, Rob, I wondered if anybody would uh, be interested in knowing how nice and easy and handy and accessible it is to go downtown to the Board of Elections at 2925 Euclid Avenue and vote. I had lots of concerns, and I got up yesterday morning I uh, drove down 90 to 30th, you turn, and you're just there. There's all kinds of people there. It's safe. It's um, There's a, 
a nice little parking lot. You're ushered in. There's uh, guys who show you where to go, whether you want to drop off a ballot or if you're going to go in to vote. I was using a cane yesterday, woke up with a terrible knot in my back. I'm not normally handicapped per se, but I did have my cane with me and I was in pain. They, um, they ushered me over to a uh, doorway for handicapped people. There was uh, a separate entrance for us, a separate area to sit down and then to vote seated down, seated. And Rob, I can't tell you, I, it was such a big burden off my mind and a worry un, unnecessary in advance. I was so wonder, wondering about what it would be like. And at 9 in the morning, I think I was out of there by 9.30, and the two people who had parked next to me in the regular little parking lot got back to their car when I did, so I could tell that the regular line was moving along just <laughs> well, as well as we had been. Well, it was Di- great. Well, Diane, thank you for sharing that story. Wonderful to hear that the process is simple, they're able to get in and out and vote and, and have it done before Election Day. I know a number of folks are worried and concerned regarding the, their ballot in the mail. They they want to vote, but they don't want to go on Election Day, so they're not sure what to do. You can ask for an absentee ballot by mail. You can request a ballot by mail. You can fill that out and then take it to the Board of Elections, already filled out, and just drop it off. You can... Um, Take it, or you can, in Ohio, you can have a family member do it for you. You have that ability as well, not a ballot harvester, but you can you can have a, uh, a family member do that for you. So I encourage everyone, everyone that's legally registered to vote, take part in the process. That is the wonderful thing about our system. We have a direct say who's in civil authority over us. And don't be distracted by the race at the top of the ticket. Everyone has emotion and feeling when it comes to the top of the ticket. The other races on the ballot, those folks are making decisions that impact our lives every single day. It's important that we engage in those as well, that we do our homework, that we understand the decisions we make are going to impact those around us. We're going to go to BJ in North Olmstead. Good morning, BJ. Good morning. Thank you, Rob couple of issues I'd like to bring up. One is, who is perpetrating this voter fraud with the ballots? Someone has to be behind, be behind that, and that is a well-conceived plan to disrupt the election, and primarily they're trying to disrupt it, not uh, against Biden, but to get Donald Trump. It appears to be that's the big issue. Who is perpetrating this? The other thing I'd like to have hear from some of your Biden voters that have signs on their lawn, that they are willing to put into the presidency a vice president who is known to be corrupt with these with these governments, with the money-taking, and he, his son involved in it, the entire family, as Donald Trump calls him, the crime family. What kind of morality is voting for this president? And I think we have to start really pointing out issues. The Republicans have to get much bolder in pointing it out. And Donald Trump, if Donald Trump has done nothing, he's waking up the American public. And for those that are willing to support Joe Biden, they have to ask themselves, are they okay with the theft? Are they okay with the crooked balloting? Do they think that the conservatives are constitutional believers 
would want to do this. And I think it's a tragedy that we have come to the point in this... I'm going to be 90 years old next Tuesday, and I was a, 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 a medic during the Korean War. I saw a lot of boys give up their lives. They didn't give it up for this crap that we're seeing today. And I hope that the American public wakes up to the morality. And if we don't have morality in this country, we are going to be socialists, because there's no morality in the socialist party. There's no longer a Democratic Party. I thank you for listening. I thank you for your time. BJ, thank you for the call. More importantly, thank you for your service to this great country and the freedoms that you fought to defend. Much appreciated. You mentioned Joe Biden. We're going to get into the story in the second hour regarding Hunter Biden, regarding the New York Post, regarding uh, the censorship of that story and spread it around. You talk about the morality of the country. James Madison said, if men were angels, we'd need no laws. But there's one thing we do know, that men are not angels. (laughs) So there's laws on the books for good reasons, because as men, as women, we've been known to break a law or two, and those hold us accountable. Uh, After the break, we're going to take more of your calls, 216-901-0945. You're listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Here on AM 1420, The Answer. We are back on the Bob France Authority, AM 1420, The Answer. Rob Walgate filling in. Derek behind the glass. We're almost an hour down. Well, about three or four more to go, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All day. We're staying all day. It's a takeover. Hostile takeover. Hostile takeover of AM 1420, The Answer. Were you able to find that audio, that audio of... uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Oh, yeah, some, I got it. On some hot mics. Let's hear what they had to say. That's a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now, partner. <laughs> oh, a couple things. And I, I oh, man, a couple things. I, I, did anyone else find it interesting who Troy Aikman put at the top of that ticket. <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed. And they're referencing they were they were uh, there for a football game <laughs> for the telecast, and there was a flyover before the game. And obviously they didn't appreciate the flyover for a variety of reasons, which is their right, and they have every right to have that um, feeling and – to share their opinion on that, and uh, they did. And because they shared their opinion, they are hearing from millions and millions of Americans today based on what they said. And uh, I, I just thought it was telling from Troy Aikman of who he put on top of the ticket, the person that he thought <laughs> would go up top. It, one of my favorite quotes um from Senator Harris was when she talked about the Harris administration along with Joe Biden. (laughs) She talked about it being her administration, maybe Troy Aikman. Maybe he'll be a part of that cabinet. Who knows? Who knows? We're going to go back to the phones. TJ in Cleveland. Good morning, TJ. How are you? Hi, Rob. You know, while Aikman was right, if Biden and Harris get elected, not only 
will there not be any flyovers? Our military won't have any equipment or ammunition either. Well, I, I but, think, TJ, are they also going to find a way, Elon Musk is going to find a way to make that electric as well. <laughs> you, won't, you won't be burning any jet fuel. Yeah, uh, but the reason I called, you know, your caller with the shenanigans in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken, New Jersey was the state where uh, these military ballots for Trump conveniently got discarded. Yeah. And, you know, that happened before, if you remember, in the Bush-Gore uh, election. Uh, wasn't it in Florida a bunch of military ballots were conveniently misplaced? Just happened to be lost. They just yeah. happened to be lost. And in, in New Jersey, where that was talked about, you know, you're talking about Governor Murphy. Remember, Governor Murphy at the beginning of this pandemic was the one who talked about he didn't look at the Constitution when it came to the pandemic. He was looking at science. Uh, it, it, one of my favorite memes, TJ, throughout all this is the one that shows the founders of this country, signing the Declaration, signing the Constitution, and it says, but none of this matters if there's a virus. It's like we throw everything out the window because of the virus. All constitutional liberties go away. And, you know, Bob, I'm wondering what kind of creatures are these lefties? You know, they're living in the safety and security and, and their rights and freedoms by the men and women in uniform that are giving that to them every day. And instead of just saying thank you, they're throwing their ballots away. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I served in Vietnam, and if I knew my ballot got thrown away by some lefty, when I come home, I think there'd be a little payback I'd want to do. I mean, this is disgusting, you know, what's going on with this left. These well, people are so anti-American. Uh, it's at the point, they're not just anti-American. These are friggin' communists, well, Rob. And, and when we look at our servicemen and women, and TJ, thank you for your service, they should receive the best. Um, they obviously should have the ability to vote and have a say in the process, and that shouldn't be mistreated. But when I look at the treatment that's received from the VA and the pitfalls that have happened there by the government, who should be providing the best for those who serve, their health care, the way they're treated, the things that they receive should be the best. And the balls that are dropped by government when it comes to the VA and all the treatment that's done, and we're like, that's what you provide to those that serve, and yet you want to be able to provide for all of us as well? You can't even take care of the people that need it the most. They should receive, that should be the gold standard, should it not? And, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Rob, because I'm under VA Medical, and I've been under it for quite a while. And I'm going to tell you, I've totally seen a huge difference after Trump took over. What I'm he hearing that all VA. around the country, TJ. I'm hearing that all around the country, that the focus is going there, and I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's it's definitely turned around. And under Obama and Biden, it was horrible. I mean, uh, the, the problems and stuff and all, but I, I don't know. I just, like I said, uh, people better wake up in this country. Because, you know, if Biden wins, two years from now, they're going to wake up and they're going to wonder on the left, what the hell happened? What happened? Well, our I, taxes are high, our jobs are gone. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just unbelievable, like I says, where these people's heads are. But I think they're driven by one thing, and it's pure hate. And and just one other quick thing, like this Brent Larkin and the plane dealer, this retired turd, I call him, you know, editor. Your, your words, TJ, not mine, your right, words. <laughs> right, but he, he constantly writes articles about how stupid Republicans and Trump voters are. Yet him and his intellectually alight party went out and nominated one of the dumbest men in America. Now, that's kind of an well, oxymoron there, isn't it? Well, and TJ, here's the deal. 
when it comes to getting to the White House, it's all about the Electoral College. It's a board game. It's a chess match. But no one on the left wants to realize that. They cater to the fringe. They cater to the far left. They're worried about what California and New York and the coastal elites have to say about their candidate. And they could care less if it plays in the Midwest. They could care less if it plays in the South. And that's why you see them scrambling to try and take out Donald Trump. Listen, I'm not here to be a Donald Trump defender. Does he say things that just make you shake your head and say, what is he thinking there? If there was ever a president that you would think that they would have the ability to take out just on sheer number of people he's offended with his comments, it should be Donald Trump. And here we are, two weeks left in the election, and the left isn't sure that they can win Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Michigan. And it's because they did not nominate a candidate that can play in those states. They nominated someone that has been in public office for 47 years. What is his record? Where does he stand? Someone who was removed. Can you, Joe Biden would have been out of politics in the late 80s if the Internet was available as readily as it is now based on the fact of plagiarism and why he was removed from one race. I mean, the thought of the career that this guy's had just baffles my mind, as well as looking into the Hunter Biden story. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that after the break. We're going to take a look at social media. We're going to take a look at the New York Post. We're going to look at the Hunter Biden story. What is social media? What is Facebook and Twitter doing to impact the election and the decisions we make? You're listening to the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Burnside, Leonard, Brad, Snap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom, symbiotic, patriot. 